you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey y'all, it's me, Courtney again. As you already know, our topic this month is friendship. Friendships can be so sweet. They can be uplifting. They can be encouraging. They can be good for us. We have Bible verses that tell us this. Like listen to Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And then we have Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. But don't you know there are also friendships that can be the opposite of sweet, uplifting, encouraging, and good for you? The Bible also has some examples of them, but today I want to focus in on one of those examples, and let's try to learn what not to do, what type of friendship not to have. If you have your Bible with you, turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 13. We all know the story of Ammon and Tamar, but do you remember a third character in this story by the name of Jonadab? He was a key player in this drama too. The Bible tells us in 2 Samuel 13 verse 2 that Ammon was so vexed, that means to be bound, to be in distress, that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Ammon thought it hard, that means difficult to do, for him to do anything to her. And wouldn't you know, verse 3 starts with but. He knew it was wrong, but... But Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and that verse goes on to describe Jonadab as subtle. That that word subtle, it means wise, crafty, cunning, wily. We also know someone that is subtle and wily, right? Notice the word friend is used in that verse there. So in other words, Ammon was bound by these sinful thoughts. He knew they were wrong, but he had a friend whose name was Jonadab. That right there could have been his epitaph written on his headstone. Because you know how the story ends, right? His friend's terrible advice ends up getting him killed. He had a friend that would lead him astray. Now, this friend didn't kill him, but his friend's advice and influence eventually led to his murder. So it goes on in verse 4 that his friend asked him why he, the king's son, was so lean, weak, and thin every day. And Ammon tells him, he says, It's because I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So pause here for a second and insert sound biblical counsel. That's what Jonadab should have done. He should have pointed out the wrong and pointed his friend to the right, but that is not what Jonadab did. He did not confirm what Ammon already knew to be true about these sinful thoughts. Instead, he helped his friend along in his sin. He helped him to go to the next level. He's what we call an enabler. Jonadab had the ability here to save his friend's life, but he didn't. Which of us, when faced with the opportunity to save a friend's life, wouldn't? We are to sharpen our friends. That word sharpen means to be keen, to be sharp, to be alert. The Bible says if our brother is in a fault, we which are spiritual are to restore him. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That word spiritual here means one that is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. 
That's the kind of friends we need, and we need to be that kind of friend. Not only is it important for us to be spiritual for our own health, but also for the health of those around us, those we influence every single day. If we have the wrong type of friends, the Jonadab type of friends, we're not going to be restored. They can't restore us if they aren't right themselves. We're going to be drugged down. Friends that are living in sin will never lift us up. They will always drag us down. 1 Corinthians 15, and 34 warns us, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. G. Campbell Morgan actually made a great comment about this word friend used here in, pa- in this passage in 2 Samuel. He said, The word friend is desecrated by its use in such a connection. Any who out of friendship will aid in the pathway of sin prove themselves enemies rather than friends. So think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. If you have a friend that entices you to do wrong, they are not your friend. They are your enemy. Just like with all sin, Ammon's first step towards ruin was his wrong thinking. He didn't take hold of his wrong thoughts. He knew they were wrong, but he let them run wild anyway. So it made him sick. He did it so much that it made him sick. Then his second step was having a person, because one person is all it takes, in his circle of friends that was a bad influence. The Bible has a lot to say about the wrong kinds of influences. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Proverbs 14.7 says, Go from the presence of a foolish man, when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge. Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Why do you think the Bible warns us about the wrong kind of friends and influences? It's not because God doesn't want them to get saved. It's because God knows what kind of effect friends can have on our lives. We tend to take our problems to our friends and not to the Lord, and that also gets us into trouble. But Jonadab also had the wrong kind of friend. When he opened up to his friend about his sinful thoughts, a friend would have corrected him and led him to do what was right. An enemy leads you astray. So back to our text, in verse 5, Jonadab gives some terrible, ungodly, wicked advice. He came up with a plan, not only to feed Ammon's obsession, but also to lie to his father. Verse 5 says, And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. Terrible advice was given. And terrible advice was taken. Friends that tell you what you want to hear are not your friends. Friends that tell you what you need to hear, those are your friends. Warren Wiersbe said, Anybody in our lives that makes it easy for us to sin is certainly not much of a friend. In fact, by following Jonadab's advice, Ammon ended up becoming a rapist, committing incest, and getting killed. Do not believe the lie of the world. Do not believe that you can hang out with people with loose morals and it won't affect you. So I have a little alliteration here um, to help you kind of remember where I'm going with this story. In verse 5, if you want to look at that, we see the counsel. His friend gave him terrible, ungodly advice. Then in verse 6, we see the compliance. Ammon actually took his friend's advice. Verse 6 starts off with, So Ammon. It says, So Ammon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Ammon said unto the king, I pray thee, let tomorrow my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. He did exactly what his friend Jonadab told him to do. 
And the whole plan, it just unfolded perfectly from there. And then the culmination. Starting in verse number 11, we see everything is going as planned. Ammon has lied to his father. His half-sister has come to take care of him. He tries to get her to come lie with him, but she tries to give him actual good advice. She tries to talk some sense into him. She begs him, you know, if you're in love with me, let's go about it the right way. My father won't keep me from you. Verse 12 and 13, they say, And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. And then verse 13 goes on to say, Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. By the time he had received that bad counsel, he couldn't be reasoned with. His friend had fed his ego, and he was going to take exactly what he wanted. I encourage you to read Second Samuel 13 and watch it all unfold. But to make a long story short, Ammon raped his half-sister. He ended up getting what he wanted, only to realize that what he wanted, giving into the lust of his flesh, did not make him happy. It only made him miserable. It only made him hate her. And his half-brother Absalom was so enraged that he plotted Ammon's murder. So in the end, Tamar's been shamed, Absalom's committed murder, Ammon is dead, and guess what? Jonadab, he went free. All because of sinful thoughts that went unchecked and the influence of the wrong type of friend. So the warning that I'm trying to give you here today is to stay away from friends that lead you astray. Pray about it and find friends that are going to lead you closer to God, not farther away. For joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.